0: Are you ready? Yeah. 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 John Peckman Podcast. I'm John Peckman. We're here at Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance Podcast Studio, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut, that is. Come over the bridge, start looking left. That's it. We are here today with the one, the only, (laughs) Rob the Drummer. Rob
1: Gottfried, (laughs) Rob the Drummer. Hello. There he is. It probably I, I probably am the only one. I believe I am. Actually, I have the trademark, so I definitely am. Then you are. Yes, you are. So it would seem. Cool. Far out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I figured
0: that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put this delicately. You've been around. <laughs> it's all relative, but <laughs> sure. I yeah. Well, I, you you're very well known in the area in your area of of expertise and 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 profession, and have been on the scene for quite a while sorry no no <clears throat> no no it it took that long oh <laughs> well, that's fine yeah, that's cool yeah whatever it takes but yeah everybody knows rob um what do you uh do you want to tell us what you're doing now currently sure in case we forget later to talk you know like about and then we'll go then you can tell your you, the whole the whole story
1: uh, my life has generally, for decades at this point, been uh, playing with bands, teaching, and doing Rob the Drummer shows. Okay. Rob the Drummer shows being motivational, um, going in and um, wanting to use something primal and non-verbal as a way of approach, and then being able to talk about just about any subject, uh, with the main ones being um, Anti-drug or substance abuse, anti-bullying, uh, self-esteem. Sure. In other words, getting people <clears throat> to experience what I did in West Hartford because West Hartford really offered me uh, musically. They they were a kick in the butt. Right. It right. was it was. A, they started in 1959. This this fellow who was a minister of music. If you've seen the movie Whiplash, you mm-hmm. understand that was that was. Uh, uh, Bill Stanley and I. Oh boy, <laughs> which one were you? Uh, yes, exactly. It was my hands that were bleeding. Thank you, but um, he was passionate and he was on top of it early. He started jazz education in '59, and really the oh, wow. rest of the country was was really not doing that. Oh wow, hey, so that's cool. So yeah. you're from West Hartford? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's and, how it started. Yeah, that's and the cool. uh, the concept of West Hartford always was. Um, we're gonna we're gonna protect you until you're 18, and then we'll throw you out into the world. Sure. Whereas Hartford's concept was we'll throw everything we can at you, and if you survive, you're gonna be incredibly strong. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and yeah. and, uh, and perception. I think I think West Hartford, along with uh, Avon and Simsbury, you know, good education, mm-hmm. people that are used to uh, accomplishing what they go after. Sure. And uh, wanting your kids to be more than you are, um, which is always a always a plus. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And and for me, it's just a matter of being in touch with your inner child, and uh, that's why it's a great equalizer. That's why any kid would bother to listen to you. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically from the wrong generation, and from and usually the wrong color when we're talking about real problems and real difficulties a lot of the time. Yep. And so um, why should they listen to me? And the point is that when they feel who I am through what I play sure. and the way that I do it and also hopefully that I'm able to, to carry my spirit to them in one way or another, that equalizes us out. Doesn't matter if they're 12 and I'm more. I understand. Yeah sure no you do no that's
0: awesome
1: yeah no it's really cool cool. being in the middle of a thousand kids at one time in the middle of an auditorium or a gym and then um you know having having 10 come up to you later and just say Mm -hmm. and they're just blown open and some of them are crying and you know all of that. It's very strange out there. I mean, I yeah. I know this is not necessarily your your area of expertise, but suicide is taking more kids right now than Oof. you know. It's yeah, yeah. it's the big one. Mm. And uh, so you you just go back to your own childhood and say, if things had been different, you know, would I have mm-hmm. obviously taken a different path? Yeah. And I'm trying to provide a little different stimulus. Well, you know, that's a great thing because I can. Just because I can. Right. You well, know why not? I mean I mean you inspire I watched you play last week no. and you inspire everyone that watches you because you you have a secret dialogue going on that you share mostly sometimes. with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But we we both knew a, a sax player named Jimmy Biggins. Oh yeah. And he had <clears throat> that that gift. He had this internal thing going on that he would Show you bits of yeah, and yeah. he was he was Great remarkable. Sound. Unf- uh, everybody else doesn't know, but he, he had passed away unfortunately, mm-hmm. and uh, fell down a flight of stairs Oof. and and died. I'll never forget that boy, and what a player! I mean, I had yeah, 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 yeah. You Great. had nights with him. I yeah. had nights with him. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. knew you knew you were dealing with not only a world class player, but somebody who uh, had spirit. Mm -hmm. that that was channeling for sure really well for sure yeah so these are um it's uh public schools uh public private uh prisons oh wow i did a whole bunch of prisons in michigan of all places oh wow i got sponsored uh i i would usually oh how nice water hey
0: wowie we even have water what a concept we have air there's air available (laughs) if you'd like to
1: breathe (laughs) oh thank you sir wow Ah, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Wetting. Straight with from the quarry. Yes. <laughs> no, so um uh, prison in Detroit. Prisons in Detroit. Wow. Yeah. Um I was sponsored by the guy who discovered Lipitor. Wow. I went to I went to high school with him at Hall in West Hartford. Okay. And uh he's one of my best friends, and we zoom every uh Wednesday with all of those sure. like eight guys that we've stayed in. Touch I just with. Finish that coffee. I'm Zooming right now. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. Zooming? Yeah. Uh, well, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. It's important. If you can't, you know, pump the adrenaline, it's good to use something well, artificial well, as whatever. a way of changing the wave field. Yeah, I mean, seven or eight coffees a day. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, it's true. Your shoes may be a different <laughs> color. But, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Our water's great. So you you.
0: Be, you've you been doing, yeah, we got the best water here. Really? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's quarry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing those, the Rob the Drummer
1: shows? Years. 76. Years. I started in wow. 76.
0: Oh, that's cool. I
1: started in 76, and they uh, sent some representatives over a few years later from Sesame Street. I was doing a, uh, I was doing a show on uh, Constitution Plaza in Hartford. Okay. And I had, had started to do a show about what's it like to be in the music. Because the average person, while they might have a cerebral experience and they might say, oh, that was very interesting, they don't get involved. Sure. And, and I tried to communicate what it was like to be in it. And Joe Picaro, skinny Picaro, uh, my first teacher, came. Lee Pack, my second teacher, sure. he came. Wow. Art Peretta, oh, he came. Know. I don't know if I know him.
0: Art Peretta was.
1: He was a well-known guy from the 50s jazz circuit. Okay. Anyway, they were all best of friends, and they all came from, like, Weaver or or Hartford High or Mm. whatever. They went through the process here. And Joe Piccaro was living in uh, Bloomfield. Gee whiz. Imagine that. Crazy. So they all came that day, and it was very interesting because the Sesame Street people, uh, after the show, they said, you know, we've never seen anything quite like this would you like to do some shows i said yes yeah they said would you like to help write them i said sure sure uh, so i got a chance to be on about six shows and i you know i'm hanging out with big bird yeah that, that's and, cool and he says Imagine to me that. he says to me before we go out to to film the the you know we had rehearsed but before we go out and do the final uh, he says, "Look, we're about to affect a little girl in Taiwan somewhere, and we're never going to meet her, but we're about to change her life." Because he knew the power he had. Yeah, yeah, He yeah, knew the yeah, power yeah. they all had. Yeah, yeah. Because the Sesame Street turned math into fun. Oh yeah, no, it, was, I, it wasn't work anymore. Yeah, you know. Yep. And so many other things. Yeah. I mean,
0: no, no offense. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sorry that I'm younger than you, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I grew up Sesame Street. I mean. I was born in '67, so I was right there. Right, like Sesame Street, Electric Company,
1: Mister Rogers, yeah, yeah. Zoom, yeah, all that every yeah. day. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sesame Street was the I jam. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I almost got on Mister Rogers. Cool. I would, We were in talks with their producers, and they said, "You know what I have to say about that?" What? Sure. <laughs> sure you did. Sure. No, I'm sorry. No, oh, that works. Yeah, Mister Rogers. He said you're a little too high energy. Um, we really, this yeah, yeah, yeah. is a little, it's a little Mr. too Rogers much. Rogers pretty chill. Yeah. yeah. I pretty mean, he chill. was, Yeah, he was definitely, that's I would have cool. loved to have met him. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, He's uh, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Nice guy. I bet. An ex Marine. Sure. I think. I know. That's what they say. I know. He just. Uh, yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up with, with that whole, the whole schmear. I probably saw you. I, I honestly, I can't say I can't say if I remember, but I probably did. Well, I was on
1: Nickelodeon too. I was on a show called Total Panic. I was on uh, Romper Room three times. Wow! I did Kids World three times. Wow! Uh, Yeah, it was it it was a whole flow. I mean, I was obviously trying to keep it going and felt that uh, I had been there. Yeah, early. Yeah, you know, it was like Sherry Lewis. You remember? Nope. The ventriloquist? Nope. Or Paul Winchell? Nope. Before his sorry. Yeah, before. Sorry, was, I mean these people were pioneers in like ventriloquism, uh, ventriloquism mm-hmm. and uh, um, and kids and, and had kids shows. Yeah, Tom Chapin, um, his brother uh, had a show called Make a Wish. Okay, I don't know if I remember that. And uh, it, it was remarkable. It was quick shots of animation and stuff, and it would leave you with a with an impression. Very interesting idea. Mm. and uh, That's cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever worked for you
0: and got through. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things got through. Yes. I still, I've told this story before, so I'll try to make it quick. because an electric company, I still, I always had problems with my left and right. I still do sometimes. Um, and it was uh, Morgan Freeman, easy reader, would come on the screen every once in a while and just go, left, he would point over there, left left, you know, just to kind of get it straight. And they would do that five or six times throughout the episode. I loved that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Is that uh,
1: LeVar Burton, too? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Lecture company, I think.
0: Easy reader. That was who he was. You know, Mr. Cool. That's early for him, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was before he was God. Yes. You know, Morgan Freeman. His early days, before he became God. No, no, no. I liked him (laughs) when he was God and before. But... (laughs) he's sure. uh he's
1: a chameleon to a degree too. yeah what a yeah.
0: what an actor yeah definitely so take us back to um how did you uh originally decide that you wanted to get involved in music what lit the spark what was the why drums what's the uh, how did it happen
1: my father was a uh, clarinet and sax player okay he was a sax player. He played with Paul Whiteman. He played with sure. Bunny Berrigan, sure. which were like the Michael Jackson equivalent to the 40s. Sure. You yeah. know, yep. really in that flow. Yep. Everybody coming home from the war and, uh, well, it was during the war too, um, just wanting to get relief from the music like they do now. Mm-hmm. They, uh, yep. it's, it's more needed now than ever. Sure. But uh, during that whole period when you hear the – And you hear the swing uh, horn sections and Mm -hmm. so forth uh, that wanting to take you into a certain emotion. Oh, yeah. And um, it was very needed. I mean, they. For sure. God, everybody just wanted to come home and rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after that. Can you blame them? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So anyway, he um, because of him and my brother played clarinet and sax and guitar and sang. Older. Uh, yes. Okay. Four years older. He's okay. born on April 29th. I'm born on April 28th. Four, oh, wow. Four years apart. Oh, that's cool. My mother was very regular, obviously. <laughs> and she sang and played piano. And so uh, my only reason in mentioning it was uh, there was great music around all the time. Sure. And my father was a real um, uh, aficionado of great electronics. So he had four KLH sixes on yeah, yeah, the wall sure, sure, and sure. all Macintosh equipment, yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know? Yeah, so, that's great. so when we heard albums, mm-hmm. and when we heard it played, it just, you were Made part an of impact. it. Yeah, you were in yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You sure, were, sure. It, it ended up that's having cool. me do shows about what I had experienced when I was 10. Yeah. 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 You know? That's cool. And the story went also that I, um, when I was two and a half, my grandparents had a, um, uh, house and garage and stuff in, in north end of Hartford when mm-hmm. it was uh, Italian and Jewish and sure. stuff and um, they let me out to play when I was two and a half and I evidently there was one of those um, water heater tubes okay. you know the big the big ceramic whatever yeah, yeah. old that, that had been left on, in the garage sure. and I evidently went over and picked up some branches and started smashing this thing and I worked the memory back later Because I, I under hypnosis, yeah, well, just about you know, and I remember looking up and just feeling uh connected, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so primal, this is caveman stuff, well, yeah, you know, absolutely. uh, And it, but then it's about where you're going to take it, sure, when you've got that. But the point was that I was feeling it early, yeah, yeah, and that was a plus, Yeah, yeah, and then I finally got to play with my father my father died at 47 from smoking cigarettes okay. lung cancer and all that so that was a big uh, impact and a big push for me and how old were you i was 19 when he oh died boy yeah Not and good. emotionally i was probably 13 you know oh. i um it really it really hit me what age are you emotionally now would you say oh uh, uh, I, I i think maybe 14 good yeah excellent yeah i think that that, that that's where i me go me too yeah. Yeah, yeah, we try to preserve. Yeah, yeah. Because once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> that is true. How many people do you know that have turned into adults? You know? Yeah, I'm fighting it. Mm. I'm fighting it. You go to a reunion. It's interesting. You go to a reunion, like a class reunion. I went to one a couple okay. weeks ago. All right, so you see people that are old. Sure. And you see people that will never get old. Sure. You know, because yeah. they want to perpetuate Because they don't have kids. That was my thing. <laughs> no kidding. Sorry. You're probably right. <laughs> Maybe. That can really take it out of you. I, that's what I hear. I wouldn't know. Well, you have to put your own goals aside so much of the time because your kids become your
0: focus. It's a long story. I don't know how it happened. Yes? But yeah. I, yeah. There was me and my wife. That was one of the first real conversations we had. She's like, you don't want kids, do you? I'm like, uh like, I don't think so. Not if you don't. And all of a sudden, here we are. She so, didn't want them. No, didn't. The
1: that was part of the deal. And what did she say about why she didn't want them? Ah, uh, Well, you know, we don't have. Uh, I, I don't. I suppose it's well, very personal. But I, I just no, in I don't general.
0: know why. Uh, because, all right. If I had to answer, I would think, of course, that she'll watch this and tell me that I was. Uh, why I'm wrong. But none of her, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but she had. Uh, one of four children and nobody had kids oh I don't know why they just happened to never have children so I just think she did she didn't grow up around you know kids romping through where I just had an older sister but she had kids so there was kids right around right and I just I don't know I think she just you know and now as we get older I realize neither of us could handle it we couldn't handle it we <laughs> could barely I can barely drive by the time I leave here and get home, I'll have five stories about some idiot that I can't handle anything. So I'm like, kids, I don't know about that. I love your
1: sensitivity. <laughs> I must admit, I know really. What choice I, do you have? Through the years, <laughs> through the years, I've watched you, and you you are sensitive. And, oh, I'm sensitive. And yet you're you know you're you're strong when you need to be. But uh, sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but no kids. Kids will make you old. I'm that that amazed the at the people that can keep their focus while they still have the kids i'm amazed i'm always impressed by that i'm like i don't know how i haven't seen very many that really can pull it off completely but you know i bless them yeah i mean some of them have nannies (laughs) yeah i guess no i greatly
0: admire people because that's what me and my wife always go we go when we're going through something that's you know crazy with the house or something i go now imagine this but with kids you know i god bless everybody you know
1: I watch some mothers, and you know, they uh, the kids falling down, everybody's crying, this is broken, this is yeah, 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 yeah okay, yeah. fine. And yeah. they and they just sailed through it, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, um,
0: well, actually, you know, you know, you know, Jay Wiggin, sure, Jay Wiggin's my one of my heroes because um, great father, yeah, great father, yeah. And like, I, you know, in the time I knew him, he went from zero to three in like a couple of handful of years, yeah, and like if i had to do it i would like to be like him because he just as far as i know like it, nothing bothers him like yeah. he's totally into it yeah i just don't have that i don't think i have that he has it and i really admire that i think
1: it takes two people <clears throat> that are really sailing yeah, yeah, because sure you know the under 30 divorce rate is 62 percent the over 30 is 52 yeah yeah more yeah. than half of them are divorced within two years so I, all I'm I, I see it from the kid's point of view, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. so many of those kids come to me and say, right. I had a kid come for, for lessons, and he had been to other teachers, and he, he couldn't couldn't flow, just couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And one way or another, we started talking. When uh, I got to know a little bit about him, and <clears> and he broke down and started crying. Sure. And I said, well, you know, what's yeah, wrong? Yeah, yeah. He said, my father never told me he was going to leave, and he just left. He'd been carrying this. Yeah, 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 sure. There was no authority figure. Sure, he was fa- sure, feeling sure, safe. sure. All of a sudden he felt sure. it safe enough to share it. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. After he shared it, he was flowing like crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a cool thing. That was a nice yeah. nice moment.
0: I, had a, um, I didn't have a particularly bad childhood. actually, I had a really good childhood, but um, yeah, now, I think it's cool. I was lucky. I had a lot of adults that were really cool with, with me. You know, that I now realize that we're like kind of what you're doing uh, with kids that listened and were cool, treated them like adults, Mm. treated them like real people. Like people. It's important. I think it's important. I try to do that. Yeah. You know, like I try to I don't need to be like their best bro or whatever, but I we're comfortable enough that it's like, yeah, you, you know, all the years I've been teaching too. Yeah. Kids have brought everything to me at one point or another. And it's totally cool. It's like, I
1: got you. I got you. That's cool. You know, well, you know how many teachers talk down. I mean, they I, just, they, I don't
0: know if it's your experience, but I find kids, they immediately can tell you got it. You have to take, you got to take that tone right out of you Yeah. because then you're just another person that's telling them, you know, and then like, um, I'm sure you do the same thing, but like, yeah, when you become kind of someone that they trust, you can, I can get them to work harder than anybody you in bet. their life, but they don't even know they're doing it No.
1: because yeah so because they trust you yeah cuz they trust you the whole thing is trust yeah 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 i mean if they're not going to trust what you say or what your your intent is sure then they're not going to pay attention well i mean not to we got to talk about you more but um not to
0: get sidetracked but yeah i mean i always look at it like you know um if a kid comes to you and wants to learn to play music or play drums they obviously they have they have music inside of them and my job is to help them extract it or bring it out that's already it's already there so the willingness is like okay you're here we're going to try and get to it we're going to try and bring that out of you mm-hmm. and you got you gotta you gotta get it you gotta get a vibe going you know you gotta got well the fact that they're there for music but it's for them it's like i'm not here to teach you to do something right. i'm here to re- reveal yes to uncover
1: To like, discover. The, like the sculpture it's already yeah. there and you're just somehow taking off the pieces
0: yeah and then just kind of you know this is kind of how we do it and you know as opposed to you know this is the way you do it yeah or or like you know i guess what i'm saying is if they come to you there's an interest already so you don't want to abuse that interest you gotta you gotta kind of protect it and keep it cool other than you know like me i don't know what you were like but like when i went to school like I didn't want to go to gym class ever. I didn't care about any of that, but here's a gym teacher has to somehow get to you yeah. when it's something you're not interested in at all, which yeah, I yeah. wasn't. But we have the advantage, at least, if kids find their way to us, it's like, okay, sure. you know, we're there, let me just
1: figure out how to. And a great new resource, because they haven't met anybody like you, or they haven't met anybody like me. Right. I mean, th- that, that is there specifically to make you more happy yeah with something that is fun yeah yeah
0: and i i try i'm sure you do the same thing but i look at it like um if nothing else because god only knows how few or how many kids that you teach are ever going to do anything with it i have no idea it's just a curiosity they want to get into drums for a handful of years or whatever but i try to think about it like i want to show you how you can set a goal and reach it how you can and I'm gonna guide you through the repetition without making it feel like it's impossible and just show you, you can actually do this, you can. Now, you can decide for yourself whether you wanna continue, Right. but I showed you rather than imagine like, oh, I can just magically do this. Maybe if you have talent, but it's hard work, and if I can guide you through those work habits, that's gonna benefit you no matter what you do, set goals and reach them.
1: That, that was kind of the Sesame Street concept. I'm sure. To, to make it fun enough so that the repetition wasn't being cognated, that they right, didn't right, know right. they were working hard. Right, right, because right. Because it wasn't work right. to them. Right, That whole concept of uh, if you, you'll you never work a day in your life if, if you love what that's you right. do. That's right. Yeah. And that's what you're providing, that love. I hope so. Well, I think they'll take it by example. Yeah, right. You know. Cool. They take it by example and, uh, and really feel good about it yeah so
0: yeah tell us about um you your how did your musical journey as a
1: player begin through your parents and then yeah i like i said i had a chance to uh, kind of rise up and play with my dad before he, he passed that mm-hmm. was just one nice thing but i was i was taken by uh big band because of hall high school so we're talking when i'm getting hit like 15 16 um i'm the main drummer for the big band sure so there's 25 other you know people and yeah that's awesome uh, yeah i mean and the power of that and, yeah you and get a taste for that. i was always um Excuse I, me. I was in east hartford till i was nine um and um i i was pretty uh pretty bestial i think i was pretty much an animal and i think my parents saw that if we stayed there I was gonna destroy the neighborhood. Right. Uh, they wouldn't even let me out to recess at one point <laughs> because I was too dangerous. Really? I had to sit in the in the office for half an hour. You know, that kind of thing. So it, what was interesting is that 10 couples who were all friends all moved at once and said, we're not gonna have this place for our kids, these oh, schools. I see. Yeah. They all moved to West Harvard at once. Gotcha. One of them was on my street uh, and we're still best of friends and so forth, the families. But um, that that was a big move and a big change. Did you wreck the neighborhood in West Hartford? You got your act together. I did. I uh, I was football, wrestling, and track, so I, gotcha. I got to vent a little bit. You know, <laughs> I was doing shot put, javelin, right. and discus and all at once. Yeah, imagine it, it felt that way. It certainly felt that way. It was nice to have. Uh, both to tell you the truth yeah, yeah not everybody could do both um i had a yeah interesting
0: joe a friend of mine joe delaney i never i was never an athlete. i know this name he's from wallingford he's from my town guitar player he had a studio back in the day Joe Town. he's great he's awesome but he i don't have a uh, i don't have any athletics in my background but that's what he was saying he was like a hockey player yeah and he was like that was cool because i was bringing too much aggression into other areas of my life and it was like oh okay I can be aggressive here. And then yes, yes. Th-
1: the music was a different... It was a great vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell cool. you something. You uh, you know Karen from the cartels. Of course, yeah. And Karen said one of the nicest things, uh, at least one that, that I will always remember. She said, you know, we're here for a healing when we're in a club or as, as down and depressed as you might get about, God, there's only a few people here yeah. and, and there's no energy and whatever. She said, we're... You're here for a healing. You're here to create an environment where they can relax and vent. They can let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, the connotation was, otherwise they'll get in the tower and start shooting. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. really true. We see a lot of that yeah, going so on, unfortunately. Here. Yeah, we're here too. But, but if you can if you can let people let it out in a positive way, mm-hmm. and uh, the problem, uh, not problem, but the challenge is that you're in an environment in the club's, where people are there to mate and to get loaded and and music is number three. Yeah. 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 And if you can get those people to drink more, the club owner loves you. (laughs) All of a sudden your band is very popular. We want you back all the time. You can't blame them, I guess. No, no, You got to sweat the hogs and uh, yeah, yeah. that's the pragmatism of it. That's the, the money part. But the spiritual part is, can you touch them emotionally? Well, don't you? Yes, exactly.
0: Um, and sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. That's you right. never, you never know. You try. But don't you think? I think I find this happening lately. I wouldn't say we're not obviously we're not post pandemic quite yet, but um, it seems to me that there's been a little bit of a shakeout where you have people that are interested in only music are showing up because they were deprived of it. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, like. I would rather play like you did, like we're the, the rise of the, I call it the rise of the farm gig, where we're doing gigs out at the farm, right? So people are paying more money than they would pay for a cover, but they're coming specifically. They might bring a few wine coolers or whatever, but they're coming, leaving, getting there to see you play, mm. as opposed to playing in a sports bar in front of the TV, mm. trying to get to people who mostly don't care. But now it's like the people who are left that are into live music are making the effort to go to it, which I'd rather play in front of, you know, 30 people, 40 people that are there to see what you're doing rather than- Quality, 100, not quantity. Uh, right. A hundred people in a yeah. bar and nobody cares. So yeah. it kinda, I think there
1: was a little bit of a. I I think they're reset. starved. I think they're starved for live music. Mm-hmm. I think they took it for granted before. right. right. Because it was part of the system, and mm-hmm. it's just like it was always there, but now they know something's missing. They don't quite know what it is, sure, right? But they're willing, and more than willing, to come out and and because something's missing, and they need to fill it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I think you've got something there. It's, it's,
0: I mean, I wish it I wish it came under any other circumstance
1: than well,
0: seven hundred
1: thousand yeah. dead people there's mm-hmm. a lot of pre- it's very precious but uh it it makes life very precious right now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean you can't <laughs> you can't take it for granted and you don't know when you're going to get hit yeah we just uh i was playing uh uh with um, a fellow named Brent taylor sure and yep, i know Brent. yeah and i um i was playing at the wolf den yep and the reason that we got two nights at the wolf den was because the lead singer of mullet uh, got COVID and died that oh. week. They had two performances and he died. That's not good. And it's like, so if you can react genetically, yeah, I mean, if that ends up happening to such a degree, yeah, yeah, wow,
0: yeah,
1: it could be tomorrow. Well, I, uh, but then you always can get hit by a truck. I mean, what's the difference? Uh, I've been hit by trucks. No biggie. Have you? No, I'm kidding. Of course not. <laughs> you imagine. I hope you took your car uh, when that happened. But uh, I, yeah. Ouch! No, no. Yeah. yeah, no,
0: I I hear you. Um, so when did you start, uh, like really getting into it, drumming wise? What were your drum inspirations?
1: Who was who who turned you on that you were like, I'm gonna do this? When I was 16 and got my license, I used to go see Buddy Rich all the time. Wow! He yeah. was playing at Lenny's on a Turnpike outside of uh, Boston. Okay. And I, and it was a place that was uh, very small and he would put the whole band in there and there was hardly room for people, uh, wow. just about. But uh, it absolutely, you know, he knocked yeah, me sure, out. And, sure. and one, one day, uh, I think when I was about 16, I had the guts to stick my head in his dressing room and he was sitting there in his underwear talking to his manager. And I said, Mr. Rich, is there any way I could just talk to you for a few minutes? And he looked at the manager, and the manager looked back at him, and he said, yeah, 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 all right. (laughs) So he came in, and from then on, I had a relationship with him. We published pictures in Monter Drummer together. That's cool. You know, um, he would take me on the bus in between sets. Wow. You you could watch him fire the entire band. Oh, and for the beard. You, you heard right, the beard right. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I oh see my that God. beard on your face, I'll get throw off, you off the bus. Get side. off the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get off the bus. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. That's awesome. You know, for a little Brooklyn Jewish guy. Yeah. But you got to recognize the fact that, that his family yeah, it's put him out. It's complex. At yeah. five. Yeah, sure, sure. He was Traps, the boy wonder. Sure. And yeah. they'd say, go. Yeah, yeah. And, and since he was five years old and made... A living sure. with him doing that. Yeah, he's but not
0: going to tolerate any half stepping. I get. I no. mean, I kind of get. He got it his black
1: belt in karate. Sure. Nobody was going to give him any crap. Yeah, he's got a right hand up your brain if you want it.
0: Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But boy, when he pulled the power, he had
0: it. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I agree. I mean, like yeah, the Bruce I, I, Lee. I felt of, it. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw him a couple of times when I was young. Yeah. It was you, undeniable. His left hand was faster than
1: his right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it yeah, was just. Yeah. Beyond yeah, that, yeah. that technique Crazy. that he had, that yep. he, that he, uh, who's the guy that, uh, was his roommate, uh, or his roommate, which Sinatra too, who he, uh, he taught Vinnie Caliura and he, he taught Steve Smith, uh, uh um, um, Fre- Frank, Freddie Gruber. Oh, Freddie Gruber. Freddie okay. Gruber yeah, yeah, yeah. had all that sure. technique and that sure. whole left hand thing that I watched. Um, they came to Manchester high school, um, the Buddy Rich band, and it was Steve Smith and Dave Weckel. Oh, boy. Both of them. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I, I
0: missed that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah. My yeah. thing, so if, if you agree, uh, drum-wise, um, my thing about Buddy Rich is obviously, yeah, the best technique of, 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 of anybody. I mean, I think he's the greatest. The thing that I think is key with him, because you can hear it throughout the many decades that he recorded, it's his articulation. That's where the technique is. Clarity. Clarity. You listen to old recordings, you can hear every note. Yeah. Every note. To me, That's was, um, yeah. apart from the, the, obviously, the chops, the speed, it was the articulation that struck me. Yeah. And I was like, that's how I want, you know, like when I hear other people play some, you know, back then or whatever, it sounds like they're mumbling. Yeah. But when he played, yes, you could hear it v- everything very clearly and vividly,
1: and I thought, that's where the technique comes in. The other side of that was somebody like Art Blakey for me, and I would go at arm's length. Not that he wasn't a good player. Sure. But everything was muddled and everything it's was So it's a different, yeah. There wasn't a clarity yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know. Um That's what I liked about Buddy. Yeah, I still do. Yeah. Is the clarity. Yeah. And he inspired so many. And I was a big Chicago guy too. Okay. You know, that, yep. that I, I transitioned so that into Yeah, and Tower Power and and Chicago and Blood, Sweat and Tears and sure. Dreams and Um, Yeah, that whole—I was used to horn groups, and then I got into a horn group called The Great Train Robbery, which was the New England uh, Battle of the Bands uh, winner, whatever for all of New England. And they had this wonderful uh, performer named uh, Isaac, and he was um, like—he was like James Brown. Okay, he was that kind of a performer. He had electricity about him. He had the natural thing uh... going on um, and um, on the way to a gig uh... the police pulled a car over and grabbed him and put him in prison for uh, drug sales Oof. and Oops. it and and they could never find anybody else and the band stopped Wow! so but during those years of uh, opening with guys like paul newman sure and this and that whatever it was uh... incredibly exciting but I got used to playing with horn groups. I got okay. used to playing with three horns. And I'm going Thanksgiving, I'm going to Haig Schaverdian's house. Haig was the I don't know who he is the art supervisor for West Hartford. He took over for for all the music in West Hartford. Okay. Um, after Bill Stanley, after the whiplash guy, um, who was just, you know, as I say, very decisive. Um but Haig was the leader of that band and would always orchestrate the the horn sections. Okay. Just a really great educator, kind of a still nationally ranked. guy. He's still doing it. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, he's retired now, yep. but he still consults. Yep. Yeah. 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 But th- that kind of inspiration—that's that's where I ended up going into the Horn Group thing, and then I got a call one day. Uh, we're we're stuck for a drummer. We um, some people I knew, Fernando Saunders from. Jeff Beck and Jan Hammer, and whatever, just a great player. And it was Larry Young. And Larry Young was the keyboard player in Tony Williams' lifetime. Okay. It was Tony Williams, John McLaughlin, and Larry Young. Okay. Larry Young could get sounds out of a ham organ, uh, the like of which I never heard again. Okay. I don't know what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, yeah. But I ended up playing Carnegie Hall when I was 22 with oh. for the Newport Jazz Festival in New York. And he played with six Leslie's and Whoa. I mean, it was it That's was unearthly. Crazy. That's crazy. I wore Edgar Winter's uh, uh, costume. Oh man. I, don't ask me how I got Are into there that. Photographs my, available? Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't want to look, but uh, <laughs> oh, we'll God, it was em. like a mushroom them. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just sprouting. Uh, oh my God. My mom's in the audience. Oh, and, yeah. oh so yeah. this was it. Yeah, this was it that's awesome and and he was so uh you know jimmy smith i think was on the same um, venue it was yeah, all yeah. the best organ guys yeah yeah, yeah. and wow. um and larry was just um crazy yeah and so uh, six leslie's is pretty crazy yeah yeah that was nuts we played the bottom line we played a lot in new york we played in chicago um uh, but that was my first taste, and, and so... Lenny That's like White,
0: your, your next level gig. That yeah, was like the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're heading up.
1: Lenny White came to my gig. Um, I got to uh, really be friends with Billy Cobham at, uh, at that point. Sure. and Because he changed my life, really. That's why I used Clear fives with okay. Rob the Drummer, because yep. not only for the visual and the fact that sure. kids can see through them, but just because there's nothing else that sounds like them. That's interesting. You know, I, I, yeah, I never, I don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, they're a very different sound. They're industrial. They're very loud. Yeah, yeah. They're very, um, they're not, they're not. Well, they're kind of warm. Vibes. Vibes. F i b e s. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
0: I had a vibes snare back in the day, but it was chrome, chrome yeah. over fiberglass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and what Buddy used too. Not the too. clear one.
1: He yeah. used a he. That was one of the ones that he used, because. Uh, exactly what you were talking about, the articulation. Yeah. The, it was so precise. Yeah. They had a throw-off on the snare. I remember. The th- it was long, so the snares went beyond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it was a bar, like a mm-hmm. chrome bar yep. that came up. Yep. And he loved the articulation because know, it yeah. would get all of his stuff. Yeah, that was my main snare forever. Yeah. Well, the one you use now, I, I always thought it was very interesting. Is that oh, a 7? Cr- oh, crazy. Oh, is yeah. is it 8?
0: no. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fifteen by eight, 15 which is crazy. Eight. It's a concert snare. My um junior high. Uh, that was the concert snare drum in my junior high school. It's not even supposed to be played on a drum kit. It's
1: like pre drum kit. I love like, it. Yeah, yeah. I love. And, uh, it. And I I don't remember. I think that's that, when I knew you were an adventurer. <laughs> ah, I the knew. The problem it. is I'm trying it.
0: to figure out how to get back
1: because <laughs> you so what yeah. from that? Yeah, yeah. Because it it
0: cha- it changes uh it changes so anyway, if anybody doesn't know, we're talking about drums, but Yeah. I'm playing a a bigger than standard snare drum, so it's deeper. It's wider. fatter, too. beefier. Yeah. Um but in it, So it's a lower note. Originally, it's a lower it's note. It's a lower note, but yeah. um I like it cuz I can tune it to get the action I want, but it still sounds a little beefier. Yeah. And when you really hit it, it yeah. doesn't get right up in your face. It gets like no, here. It has tone. Yeah. has tone. Yeah.
1: So, um, but 15 is, a, it, uh, your, crazy. your listeners should know. Yeah. It, it's that's extraordinary because you have to it's widen your legs out a you little more, wrap, which, yeah, you know, and, and, and when you're, when you're talking about deeper and wider, yeah, that's what makes it. Unique. Well,
0: it, th- the pr- the problem is, I love the sound, but the action, you got to move. You got to move a little quicker to get it to, you know, you have to push more. Yeah, and I found yeah. out, like yeah. for example, when when I did the pvar gig on Sunday, you know, I hadn't played at that level in two years. Mm. You know, I was playing gigs, but not like that. It's yeah. like you hit the stage in third gear. You bet. And I went to, and I realized I lost some fleetness because. I have to kind of push a little harder to get around, and I'm like,
1: "Oh, I lost that." Did you keep the top head uh,
0: tight? Well, not crazy tight, not crazy tight, but you know, normal. But all right, but I lost my fleetness, and I'm like, "Oh no!" You know, I got up there and said, "I'm just no." Oh, that didn't work (laughs) because I don't have the extra push because I'm out of shape for not playing like that. No one would have known. Well, I adjusted. Please, I just went. Well, whatever. I'm <laughs> you're, not looking for... Your talent comes but through I knew, no matter what. But I knew. I got up there and I was like, oops. Okay, recalibrate. And I just went deeper. That's
1: the way you felt. Oh, you went deeper into
0: the drum? I just, I just went... No, I just... Oh. I, I said, I'm going to groove. I'm going to groove rock bottom. Wow. I'm going to just like... Okay, you know what? You're not going to dazzle anybody with your, with your fleetness because you, you're... I just... I was trying to dig myself out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you don't have... I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I do and just like, just really lay into it. And then once I feel confident, then maybe I'll start, mm-hmm. you know, but it just recalibrate That's
1: safety first, That's safety first. That makes sense. It's nerve wracking. Um, yeah. But no one else knew. Yeah. That uh, was, that was a conflict you were having with yourself. It
0: is true. But on the other hand, I mean, not to get all into it, we're going to run out of time. We got, we well, know nothing about you. Uh, that's all right. Um, that's the challenge that's why i get it gets edgy because i don't have a routine so i like i get up there and just go oh you have to reconfigure your style right now in front of a room full of people
1: and everyone's looking at you but when you're teaching and you're down there all the time and you're you're you're, you know work on i do i mean i do but it's a little but it's the difference you're not (laughs) under the same pressure the
0: difference is for me i don't know if this is for you but it is true. I worked on a lot of chops over the two years I, I you know I broke things down, I did a lot of practicing on the pad. I feel like i I worked on my chops a lot, but when the the volume level like when you get out, you realize, yeah. oh, I can't project that stuff ah. so I kind of w- it was like, oh, I had all these new licks I was going to play, and I'm like, dude, you don't have the you don't have the well, so I was like, whoops. You know, that's so. that's when uh, y- your equipment should come to the rescue a little bit. And I handicap myself by using a snare that was too big. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what are
0: you thinking of of going to, uh, uh, going down to a fourteen? Or? Someday I'm going to have to reconfigure. Or how about a fifteen six? Yeah, maybe. I'm going to have to reconfigure because I do miss my. Sna- I used to have a very snappy sound. And I have a very beefy sound, and I'm like, yeah.
1: Maybe I could have a. But you want the clarity. You want the clarity. You don't want to. You don't want to miss what Buddy Rich was going after. No. You want some of that, but you want the tone. That's the happy. It's a meeting. trade-off.
0: Yeah. Like I say, if 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 I'm going to play a snare that big, then the snap I got to sacrifice the snappiness. And I think I'm ready. I think I've done the beefy thing for enough years. I might be ready to. Move in the other direction. Maybe. Anyway,
1: this is. I've a got a fifteen six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was custom made. Uh it was the fiftieth anniversary, I think, for Promark or something. Far out. They made the snare drum and it's Yeah. It's got the clarity, but it's got the deep. Yeah. You know, yeah. The All depth, right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you know.
0: Maybe that might be the thing. But anyway, um so horn bands, horn rocking, bands. Rock yeah. and rolling Yeah.
1: And then, you know, um I lived in New York City three times and twice. We got in front of all the majors. I was in a band with Bill Laswell. Okay. Know, yeah. you know that Oh, name? yeah, sure. Yeah. So wow. Bill and I, um, it was, uh, the manager of the band was the manager of CBGBs. Wow. So we were in there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were opening for, um, uh, well, the Ramones. Sure. And, you know, uh, I think we were on the same thing with Blondie one sure. time. and yep. Is McElhone playing for Blondie? Is that what I heard? I don't know. By, uh, the guy from Physical Graffiti. Wow, uh, just wonderful drum. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. John. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I think I heard last I week. I did not hear that that he's playing for Blondie. Oh, I'll get to the bottom of that. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we should go and bring some old melon, maybe that we, <laughs> we could chuck at him. You know, just uh, yeah. just to throw him off his game a little sure. bit. Sure. That would be plus. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh
0: So there you were. Yeah. You
1: were almost there. <laughs> you were almost there. Yeah. You're like this band is gonna make it. And and the uh lead singer got stoned each time mm. and fell on his face. Sure. Just he that he, happens. he buckled under the pressure. Sure. Yeah. Everybody else was so that. we were on it. I've man. been in situations like that. We were rehearsed, we were oh yep. god. Some people, yeah. Yeah. I mean, self-sabotage the, the the, the, the tip of the arrow on the tip of the arrow goes, uh, so goes the arrow. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. uh, unfortunately, and that was, uh, finally, uh, after the second time, uh, with these folks, um, we were, we were sad, we were sad and we were a bit tired and, uh, we didn't keep going, um, because things shifted. And then you just became
0: the journeyman, the, guy, the dude that's, yeah, I, I'm available.
1: Yeah yeah that's yeah. cool in new york too yeah but, you know and then i um like i said um a lot of things were um, were also i wanted to uh be more near family at Sure. whatever you make you, you sure you get your rationalization sure you want you want a little uh home life
0: well, life is good yeah it's, it's
1: all good yeah the way i look at it as we get older i go
0: yeah, sure. I was in the same scenario. If I had if we had gotten the record deal, it would have been over by now.
1: Who was the one for you that, that you got closest with?
0: Uh back then it was Tony Richards and the K Man band. That was a big deal over in the certain corner of the state. And we did, you know, oh man, we're gonna make it. This is it. And doing the same thing at showcasing for this one and that one and that oh man, this is gonna be now it. And
1: what did they say?
0: Uh you know that stuff you said about the tip of the arrow and all that? Yep. That's what happened. Uh uh-huh. More or less. Okay, here we go. Yeah. It's what's his problem, and then that was Mm. the that was that. That's all it took. Um, kind of. Um, but yeah. So then you just you know how can I make a living? Yeah. And enjoy my life rather than worry about what I'm not or what you know or what I could maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, it would have been
0: over by now. That's the way I look at it. I go, well, dude, if you didn't have, if you didn't write a song, if you didn't have a piece of the publishing, like, let's say if everything went the way it was supposed to, and I didn't have a piece of the publishing, I would have ended up where I am now, or by then. It was like, well, you didn't you didn't make Big Bank. You're just, I mean, I... What, should, you don't think you would have made it on tour, you mean? I don't know. The money? Do you think, um I mean, the nearest thing I could think of is like, well, I shouldn't say this, because for all I know, you know, what do I know? But, I mean, do you think... I shouldn't say this. Do you think Huey Lewis's drummer is like a
1: billionaire? Probably not. I don't know. I think they might have invested pretty well. Maybe. Because they were they were smarter at making me feel worse now. Well no no, but well well, well just think of think of Holland Oates. Sure. I was told sure. that they gave away all of their publishing and the only way they could make money yeah. was going on tour. Sure. I mean I'm not not to say
0: you hey, you know, I don't know. I mean, you
1: could tour and make a nice living. I'm
0: just saying for myself, as far as rebuilding my life, I thought once a certain amount of time passed, I go, well, if you weren't going to go from gig to gig to gig to gig and then just hopefully string out a career that went on forever, um, I wouldn't have had my marriage that I love so much, uh, you know, and it kind of like, well, I want to be here. I want to be here present for this and still
1: be that guy, kind of. Oh, anyway. No, no, no. Why it, do we always end up talking no, about me? It, now well, we have 10 no, minutes left. We still don't it's know. It's very important in the fact that that musicians um, change girlfriends like underwear <laughs> a lot of the time. I mean, because... I don't change my underwear. <laughs> Thank that you. That might be the secret. Uh, I don't even want to think... That, that was a visual I wanted to avoid. Sorry. But anyway... Well, you made me picture Buddy Rich in his underwear, I, so. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I will never lose that image in my mind, I unfortunately. Bet. But I mean, uh, the point is, no woman who especially if they feel they have somebody special uh wants to have them gone and the very fact that if they're really good at what they do they're not around they're gone yeah, they're on I know. tour I know. Yeah. and and so they're those women are constantly going back and forth and saying why am yeah, i with somebody I, and taking care of a child when yeah, uh yeah. all by myself
0: yeah yeah That's, and god knows what he's up to out there
1: uh, that it's part of it too. So yeah, anyway. Yeah.
0: We have to um we got to get close to we might have to do this again because I just don't feel like
1: well, we can. We, but yeah, mean, we can. I mean, you got you got lots of other people I'm sure to interview, but uh, well, whatever.
0: Um let me do you have a All right, I'm going to ask you a wacky question. Sure. These are the standard end of the getting towards the end of the podcast question. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Are you a consistent practicer of your instrument? Yeah, I would say. Okay, is so there anything in particular that you're working on at this moment that you'd like to share with us? Um, I'm always curious. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, because of, of of the teaching thing and so forth. Certainly rudimental. Uh, sure. you're going through keeping up those types of things. Sure, um, I, I will venture into um, into looking at a at a Mahavishnu Orchestra sometimes, and uh, just because um, it engages it engages me mm. um, in the fact that 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 level of communication is just remarkable you know i spent a, a decent amount of time with chick korea i spent three wow. days with him at one point because yeah. his wife that bothers me sometimes that what? he's not here oh, sometimes you man. just think we're living in the world without chick korea he was uh, he came to the good. infinity where we Oof. were he came there and it was only a year or so ago maybe two year, two oh. years yeah, I mean, well, no, it must have been more than that. About three years? I don't know. Before COVID, mm. I think. And uh, just to have him, have him there. I mean, I wouldn't he, be able to function with him in the building. You know the, uh, uh, the uh, semi-religion that he was he was doing. What uh, what's it called? The uh, Scientology. Yeah, I mean, I have you ever gone? Uh, and we don't have enough time for this. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, I I went to one of the you know sure. the the interactions of the one on one with sure. the meter sure. and they're they're seeing your emotions how you're, you're being metered to... now
0: but you don't know that thank that's you okay. thank
1: you no I, problem. I was saying I was wondering what was so uncomfortable yes this <laughs> I, 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 that's what yeah. it must have been yeah go ahead keep going um, Desert Island album <clears throat>
0: one or two or three <clears throat> wow that would d- help t- to define
1: you for us mm. hurry up. Uh, uh <laughs> nice, I'm I'm first Led Zeppelin album. Oh, nice. I would say, cool. Um, yeah, uh, good times, bad times, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just knocked me out. Sure. Um, the uh, the t- double live album of Cream. Oh yeah, Wheels of Fire. Uh, his his solo. Sure. When yep. he was on meth. Yeah. I liked him much more when he was on drugs than when he was off. Sure. Unfortunately, of course. I saw him years later uh, when when Eric was trying to throw them. Uh, a, a nice a nice deal where mm. jack had just had his liver done sure. and and ginger and i was looking for the beats that ginger was dropping underneath the drums it was mm. it was not not pretty well yeah no i i love the guy oh yeah, yeah Yeah. i mean because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was so unusual yeah and yeah. i'm sure you've seen the uh yeah yeah the, the goodbye the, mr whatever yeah, is, whatever whatever yeah, that yeah, is punch you in the face with the with the yeah, cane, yeah with the cane with yeah. the cane yeah, yeah. And it broke his nose yeah yeah uh, nice nice well uh, the ginger baker it's a great you. role model isn't it yeah that uh, he doesn't care no no <laughs> wasn't <laughs> even a good role model for his horse right <laughs> <laughs> um
0: what cuisine could you eat every day what type
1: fish fish yeah anyway pretty much any any Pretty much, uh, uh, any fish I like broiled. Okay. Yeah. I don't, uh, I try to not fried, uh, Okay. but broiled like a swordfish is good, except that far it's out. got all the mercury and then it's got all the crap in it. And, yeah. but uh, if I could, I I think, uh, you'd some eat, type of fish, You yeah. eat fish every day. Yeah, I would. That's cool. I would far out. Yeah. Right, that's cool. Um, I think
0: we're getting towards the end. Is there anything you want to add? Um, that would last two or three minutes?
1: Well, I, I just want to say, I think you're a heck of a guy. No. And, uh, I think you're, uh, <clears throat> you're, you don't have to talk ver- about me. No, the very idea that, that you are doing this, Dave, that's, he's the very idea. But well, anyway. you, you both are, are a lovely team and, uh, and you're causing positive change by having people communicate Why not? their, their guts. I just, I look at it. This
0: is for the archives. I don't, have no idea it matters to me yeah um and then someone will you know hopefully when they want to go hey i want to get a i want to get a shot of rob i want to see rob interacting
1: mm. there it is it mm. exists for an hour there you are mm. that's it that yeah. concept you know the the uh, the holocaust museum in new york they those people that were left that had had survived they wanted to do that video of them and preserve them. And right. that's what they have. Same kind of thing that you're just talking I about. I just, if nothing, I mean, hopefully much more than
0: that, but if nothing else, yes. the Connecticut story of music, we're trying to yeah. connect the dots and preserve it so that it exists. Great. For whoever.
1: That's why I said you're a heck of a guy. Well, no matter what they say It was say Dave's about
0: idea. I'm just the one, you know, that's... They say plenty. Wow. Well, Dave? The John one, Peckman podcast mug for you oh no yeah, yeah, yeah. oh i'm don't, so excited everyone gets one so don't get too excited ah, god damn it <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful well man. you know um are you ready yeah that's that's what, oh yeah. that's the yeah that, one? that's the thing that's, a, that's our it. thing i got i'm it. gonna trademark are you ready so whenever <laughs> that's the end goal is eventually when anyone ever says that on planet earth ching i get somehow <laughs> dave somehow. and john yeah. peckman yeah yeah yes okay yeah it, i'll minutes. uh i'll yeah, yeah, that is all. Is how we end I'll
1: drink uh, something ceremonial in this. Yeah, I think uh, you should. No doubt. I think you should. Either that or... unceremonial, <laughs> Something non-ceremonial. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Rob the drummer. Hey. Rob Goffrey. John
1: Peckman. Yeah, man. You're a beauty. Oh, no,
0: you're a beauty. Thank all you for coming. I appreciate it. Pleasure. We've been trying to do this. You were on, always on the list. So Thank you. Just a matter of, of uh, connect the gazoid. I'll be seeing
1: you again. Yeah, man.
0: All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks. <laughs> John Peckman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance. Hit like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Hit the little bell. It'll let you know when Rob's episode is up, as well as all our other episodes. Look for us everywhere that podcasts can be heard. Stay tuned for Dave himself to tell you how you can have your very own podcast here in our lovely studio in Portland, Connecticut. Thank you. See ya.